Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Dive into God's Word. Today we're going to be talking about Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 through 27, and the joy that's in Christ Jesus. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, or a bottle of Sprite, and let's get ready to dive into God's Word. started today in Colossians chapter 1, I do want to point out a couple things. Number one, it was brought up to me by my loving brother that he always felt alienated because he was not uh, one with Christ in drinking coffee. And we know that God loves coffee because, I mean, the Bible says that he brews. Um, That was a terrible joke and I'm aware of that, but um, we need to be able to laugh and joke. So, that being said, and that little shout out to my brother, um, let's go ahead and dive into God's Word here in Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 through 27. So, I'm going to again be reading out of the English Standard Version. Uh, Chapter 1, verses 24 starts out like this. Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh that I am filled up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, that is, the church of which I became a minister according to the stewardship of God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden from ages and generations, but now revealed in his saints. Verse 27, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, I just thank you for the technology to be able to do this, God. I pray that you would speak to me today, God, and that you would um, open up our hearts and our minds to what you have to say, and God, that this would be your words and not ours. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for all that you do. In your name I pray, amen. So as we look at really what's going on here, one thing's really important to understand, and that is that uh, we have to understand where Paul is writing this. Now, this is a um, letter to the church at a Colossae, um, and he is writing this from a prison. Um, And that's important to realize because the first verse there in 24 says, Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. See, Paul's joy did not come from his circumstances, and that's the first thing that we see is it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Joy does not come from your circumstances, but it comes from God. See, again, Paul is writing this from, from prison, and he's rejoicing that he's able to make known or to make the word of God fully known, is what he says there. And this is, this is not the first time that we see people rejoicing uh, in this suffering and having joy whenever the world would tell us that we should be, you know, if anything, sad. Uh, when we look at Acts chapter 5, um, we get this great picture, and it's, it's one of my favorite stories of the apostles. Uh, this is when Peter and the apostles get arrested for preaching. And they get arrested, and there's this big discussion between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and um, a lot of the, the leaders about what they should do. And it's basically decided that, you know what, we're just going to beat them, we're going to flog them, and we're going to send them out and tell them not to do it again. Um, they wanted to kill them, but there was uh, one of the leaders was like, hey, we don't need to do this. 
Um, and so they they get beaten um, for preaching the word, and it, it comes out and and in Acts chapter five verses forty one and forty two it says, then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for his name or for the name. In verse forty two, and every day. In the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the or that Christ is Jesus. And see, it gives us this ultimate picture about how I mean they were beaten for something that they believed in. They were made fun of. They were persecuted for what they believed in. And instead of being down and sad about it, they went out rejoicing that they were being counted worthy to to suffer. Uh, and so, whenever we whenever we look at our lives, where are we getting our joy from? Are we getting our joy from God? Or are we getting our joy from our circumstances? See, it's easy to praise God on the mountaintops. Whenever everything's going right, it's easy to praise God. But whenever we get into those valleys, we get in those low points in life, are we praising God? Or are we sad because we're in a valley? Because see... Go to a mountain and go to the very top of the mountain. Think Mount Everest, highest point on earth. What grows up there? I'll tell you, nothing. Now, I haven't been to Mount Everest, but I've seen pictures of it. Nothing. Whenever you get to the top of a mountain, it gets rocky and nothing grows. You get an amazing view, but the air is thin and nothing grows up there. So you can't live on a mountaintop. It's great to visit and it's great to see and you you get to see the amazing work of Christ and it's an awesome feeling of accomplishment to get there. But we grow in the valleys. See, down in the valleys in between the mountains, that's whenever all the growth happens, where all the grass is, the trees, everything is thick because growth happens in the valleys. And it's the same thing whenever we go through those mountains and valleys in life. Yes, we want to be on those mountaintops. And we want to live that mountaintop experience. But we don't grow in those. We grow through the hardships and we grow through the trials. And whenever we don't do what the world tells us that we should do, and whenever we have joy in times where we shouldn't have joy, then the world's going to go, hey, there's something different. And when we're getting our joy from Christ, and when we're getting our joy not of the circumstances of the world, that's when Christ really shines. And this this word is is uh the word of god is fully known see this isn't the first time that uh paul talks about this uh, in philippians and in, in his letter to the church at philippi um we get we get probably one of the most quoted and misunderstood verses and i, I think i've talked about this but in philippians 4 i'm going to read verse 12 and then uh, on to verse 13 uh, but verse 12 says i know how to be brought low and i know how to abound and any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Verse 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And see, this is the gospel. This is that mystery that it's talking about, is the fact that we get this joy from God, that God's strength is in us and works through us. See, it's not saying that you know, we can go out and score 100 points or we can fly, but it's saying that whenever we have abundance and when we have need, when we're facing hunger and when we have plenty to eat, that everything 
we do is through God who strengthens us. The second thing that we really see here is that joy is for everyone. Uh, See, this mystery is not just for the Jews. Uh, The Old Testament, you would have had um, the Jews and then everybody else would have been called the Gentile. Uh, And we get the fact that to be... um, to be a Jew, you had to go through these certain customs. Um, there was circumcision, and there was a bunch of other stuff that you had to do. And to actually, at that point, get the salvation, um, which was looking forward to Christ, but you had to be this, uh, you had to go through these customs. And now in the New Testament with Jesus, we get this mystery of the gospel, this mystery that uh, has not been revealed to ages. Uh, in verse 26, the mystery hidden from ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. This mystery is that be, is being talked about about God's grace and salvation is for everyone, not just the Jews. Uh, and that's great for us because we're not Jews. Um, unless you are of you know, Jewish heritage, Um, And unless you are a practicing Jew, you are a Gentile. And so the fact that God not only came for the Jew, but also the Gentile should be this amazing and awesome uh, truth that we see. Uh, It makes the gospel uh, inclusive, not exclusive. Uh, Paul is going to reference this and talk about this in his letter to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 3, 3 through 6. It says, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, verse 5, which was not made known to the sons of men and other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the saint, or by the Spirit. Verse 6, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. See, this mystery is for everyone. And the awesome thing about it is that it is Christ in us. Uh, the way that, And that's the way that this mystery is obtained. And you know, I'm, I'm listening to, uh, currently, uh, Louis Giglio. Um, and he has a... Uh, series on Colossians. And one of the things that he talks about is he goes, you know, there's this there's this word that's going to get overlooked, and that word is Christ in us. And it's this the small little two-letter word that's going to get overlooked, but it's one of the most important words that is going to be talked about here. Because it is Christ in us, not Christ and us. And see, a lot of us live a Christ and us life. And what that means is that it is Christ and what he has done, and then what I do as well. Uh, it's, it's not us trying to get to Christ, but it's Christ living in us through faith and working through us. See, this is where our joy comes from, is it's through God working in us and through us. Uh, you know, he gives this example, uh, Louis Giglio does, uh, of a WWE tag team match. Uh, and he talks about how, you know, uh, Jesus being a, a part of our lives, uh, how a lot of times inadvertently we will, uh, as Christians, live this Christ and us life. Uh, meaning that, you know, we're going to see, uh, you know, hey, Christ has done his part. He came, he's lived his perfect life, he's died on the cross. 
uh, and we've accepted him. And now we have to go out and we have to do this on our own power. And see, we're going to fail whenever we do that. It's the, the picture is a WWE tag team match. You know, I used to watch WWE whenever I was a kid. My, my dad and brother really uh, were into it. And so, of course, I wanted to be into it. You know, Goldberg was, was my favorite wrestler. Um, but see, they would have these tag team matches and, you know, these two people would go at it and they'd start fighting and, um, you know, one of them would, would be down. And I mean, this, this other, uh, his opponent's just, you know, beating him up and just really waylaying him. And, you know, we, we see, you know, he's, you know, there, the picture that I get is, you know, uh, this guy's on his stomach and, you know, the, the guy's pulling him by his leg and trying to get him in a leg lock and he's reaching out and he's reaching for his ropes and reaching for his partner and he's doing everything in his power uh, to handle this on his own and whenever he gets in trouble he reaches out there and really stretches and his partner's stretching and they touch fingertips and that partner jumps in there and just goes to town and the tables turn and and just like that it went from uh, one side having all the momentum to the other and so we a lot of times we see our relationship with Christ as that, is, you know what, I'm going to do everything that I can, and I'm going to do all in my power, and then whenever I can't do any more, then I'm going to reach out to God, and I'm going to hit God's hand, and he's going to come in, and he's going to finish it. And see, that's that's really a, a bad way to look at it. That's a Christ and us attitude. See, whenever we have a Christ and us attitude, our joy is not coming from Christ, because we are doing things as well. Now, Hear me out, and I want to talk about this later, but that doesn't mean that we get to just sit back and do nothing. But what it does mean is that we don't have to do it on our own, and we don't have to do it through our own strength. It's kind of like being at the end of our rope. You know, we, we've, we've done everything, and we're holding on for dear life, and we're going, God, I can't do it anymore. Help, help, help. And God says, let go. Because, see, when we let go of that rope, when we let go of trying to do it on our own, we really begin to focus on God and we begin to focus on what He is doing and we let Him take over. See, it's kind of like uh, a dad and a son walking through through the field and the, the son keeps tripping and keeps falling and you know he's trying with all of his might to hold on to his dad's hand, but it's not working. And he's he keeps getting upset and he goes, Dad, hold my hand. And the, the father grabs the son's hand and starts to walk and the son still trips but the but the dad holds him up see it's not the son trying to hold on to the dad but it's a it's the dad holding on to the son and it's the same thing right now uh when we live that christ and us life that's us trying to hold on to god's hand and we're gonna fall and we're not gonna be able to hold on but when we stop and we go father daddy take my hand and God grabs our hand and Jesus grabs our hand and begins to walk. It doesn't matter when we stumble. He's going to hold us up. And see, it's something that um, we've got to let God take over. Because as Philippians says, as, as Paul said in Philippians, uh, that, that we can do all things through him who strengthens us. See, that strength comes from God. We can't do it with our own strength. So why even try? But again, this is not saying that we don't have to do anything. What it is saying is that we need to focus on God and follow Him and His will for our lives. When we do that, when we focus on that, we begin to get this, um, this joy. 
but it doesn't matter what's going on in our lives. But we get this joy that comes through and that allows us to to focus on God and allows us to uh, be a witness to those around us. So as we wrap up today, two things. Where is your joy coming from? Are you trying to supply your joy and are you letting the circumstances around your life dictate your joy? Or does your joy come from Christ? Because if it's not coming from Christ, then we are living a miserable life and we do not have to. As the world is a sinful place, the world is a place full of brokenness and hurt. But whenever we live a Christ in us life and we allow His strength to come through us and we allow His joy to be shown through us, then that pain and that suffering that goes on, we don't have to go through it alone. Now, hear me out because I'm not saying that when Christ gives us that joy that we're never going to be sad anymore. Because we are. Uh, In 2005, I lost my grandpa. He was my best friend. And he died and it hurt and it still does and I and I still uh, I miss him but I know that he's in a better place and I can be happy about the fact that he feels no more pain that he's walking with Jesus he's doing something that I long to do the the, the night that he died we were driving home from the hospital uh, we started singing I can only imagine And that song still gives me goosebumps, and I'm getting goosebumps with it right now. I can only imagine when that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun. It's just knowing that that he was experiencing that. He was going through that. I don't know what I'm going to do, but he found out what he did. And that... While, yes, it makes me sad because I miss him, it gives me joy to know that he's in a better place. And it's a cliche to say, but, it, but it's true. Yeah, we're going to be we're gonna be sad. And we're going to have hurt. And we're going to have pain. Because we're on earth. And that stuff's here. But we can be sad and still be joyful. And it's in those moments where the world looks at us and go, hey, you just lost your grandpa. You just lost your hero and your best friend. Why are you still happy? Like, I know that you're sad, but why are you okay with it? Why are you not mad at God? Because it would have been really easy for me to go, God, why would you take such a good man when there's, there's scumbags on this earth that don't deserve to live? But see, that's the world's view. Whenever I look at him and go, you know what? He's lucky. Because now not only is he with Christ, but that scumbag that, that we think that doesn't deserve that, Jesus came for him too. And whenever we start to see, whenever, whenever the world starts to see those joys, it opens up doors for us to be able to share this mystery, to share this gospel. That Christ is for everybody. It doesn't matter if you feel like you have your life right or you feel like that you are a thousand miles away from God, 
understand that God does not expect us to come and to get better. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. God does not expect us to get our lives right before we come to Him. God wants us just the way we are. So whether you're really close and you've fallen, or whether you've never heard His name before and you are sprinting a hundred miles away, all it takes for us to do is stop, fall on our knees, and cry, Father, forgive me. So if you want to know more about that, I encourage you to email me. My email is going to be in the description. If your joy is not coming from Christ, and you want help with that, email me. Go talk to your pastor. Go talk to somebody. The second thing is this. Are we living a life of Christ in us or Christ and us? Because if we're living a life of Christ and us, we're not feeling that joy. Let go of the rope. As the great Carrie Underwood said, Jesus, take the wheel. So as I pray, and we wrap up today, my prayer is this, that we would live a Christ in us life Christ's joy and peace would be over us. Let's pray. Dearly Father, God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for uh, giving us that joy, God, for revealing that mystery for us. God, I pray for each and every person that hears this, God, that they would uh, live a Christ in us life. God, that they would not try to do, do it on their own. God, that they would let go of the rope and that they would focus on you. God, that they would let you take control. God, I pray that you take control of our lives. And God, that um, whenever you tell us to act, God, that we would act. God, I just pray that um, you would give us that joy in every situation, good and bad. God, in those mountains and those valleys, God, you'd give us the joy and the peace to understand that you are in control and that nothing has taken you by surprise. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for all that you do. In your name I pray. Amen. Guys, I thank you for uh, tuning in. Again, if you have any questions, please, please, please email me. So until next time, God bless. Have a great rest of your day.